Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I'm your host Mark Hirons and today we're chatting to a man I met at Creative South 2018, Daryl Pinnock. Daryl is the founder of the Passion Behind the Art podcast. And during the show we chat about his story, moving from city to city, how to adapt to new surroundings, how to adapt to new surroundings, meeting new people. And going with the flow. Daryl also gives away some great tips on how to come up with some ideas for passive income. Another tip that I picked up whilst chatting to Daryl was about how to talk the client through the process and how to win them over, telling them the story. There's also loads more great advice in this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Daryl got up at stupid o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock, 6am, to record this with me. So I hope it's worth it. Thanks very much. Enjoy the show. I'll see you at the end. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Happy to have you at six o'clock in the morning over there. It's good. <laughs> so yeah, I want to talk a bit about your background, where you're from, and your upbringing, and then how you moved from different places, and uh, any tips you can give to other people about moving over to design, and uh, yeah, your biggest biggest advice and bits like that. First of all, tell us a bit about yourself, your background. If we go all the way back to I was born in uh, Jamaica. I grew up in New York City. Um, that was the first place I came when I moved from Jamaica. So yeah, I grew up in New York, um, did everything there from going to school, college, got married in New York, all that stuff. Then I moved to Georgia. Um, Design-wise, um, my whole entire time growing up, I thought I was going to be Arctic. Um, that's what my, that was the thing to do if good at drawing and stuff like that. That was like the, the real job. Um, it was to be an architect that was the respectable job. At least that's what I thought. So I was prepared to be an architect. Um, that was my pursuit. Um, got to went to a architectural based college, so it was very focused on being um, either something in the construction field, drawing plans, something of that shape or form. And in two thousand six, I like a little bit before two thousand six, like two thousand five or four, somewhere around there. I got wind of graphic design. It was just, you know, this thing. I didn't even know it existed before that. And um, I started fooling around with it, bought me a laptop, and I was just like, you know, dibbling and dabbling while going to school. Um, the, the college I went to finds you a job in the architectural field. So I ended up finding the first job. They found me a job the first time. That one didn't work out. They found me another job. I was working in the architectural field as my full-time job, and I was learning graphic design on my own on the side it's terrible at first <laughs> but um you know i fell in love with it and eventually i made that transition from okay i'm gonna be an architect to i'm gonna be a graphic designer and i've been on that journey since so that's what I, that's the journey i've been on ever since yeah and, um, it's been it's been great man so how did you find moving from different cities how do I find moving from different cities? Yeah, it's like city to city. How do you find that? Um, to be honest, like never really thought about it. To be honest, but yeah, when you think about it, I have moved a lot. But um, all right, so when I moved from Jamaica to um, the states, uh, it was kind of surreal. Like, whoa, like I'm in America. It's a big deal. It's a life changing moment. Yeah. Um, 
learning everything that this place has to offer. You know, it's portrayed as the land of opportunity for everyone that's outside of the U.S., Um, especially in the 90s. Like, this is the place to be. That was, like, life-changing for me. Everything was new to me. I still had my Jamaican accent, so at times it was sounding very strange to people. It was... (laughs) You know, it was just this different world. Once I got over that, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I, was, I got used to it, learned the dialect better. And moving from New York to Georgia, that was basically a family move. My wife was kind of um, tired of the fast-paced New York City. Hmm. And she wanted to kind of slow down. We were starting a family. We had our, our second child. And um, she wanted to kind of take it easy. So we moved to Georgia. That was just, you know, it was slow suburban you know like everything is kind of far away yeah. you know it's that it's that confined it's like this big wide place but it was great because it it just brought me back to some of the stuff that i enjoyed in jamaica which was land and just taking it easy and not being in a hurry because new york is like a it's a monster just a fast pace engine to be honest, I don't mind places. Like, I, I'm easily adjusted. I like learning new stuff. I like going to new places. Like, like I'm dying to go to UK and uh, Paris, stuff like that. Like, and my wife wants to too, so that's a good thing. Like, we, we want to travel. That's, like, a big part of our family. Nice. Yeah, yeah come over to the UK. I'll be excited to I'll show you around. Uh, have you ever been over <laughs> here before? No, no, my wife has, but I haven't. Cool. Yeah, come over. To the UK. Why New York, though? Why, why, why do you think your, your parents moved you over to New York? Because it's, like you say, it's such a big difference. Um, be- I guess because it's like a melting pot. Because um, right. New York is like, every- it caters to everywhere. Like, yeah. you, 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 like, Georgia, it doesn't. Like, if I came to Georgia straight from Jamaica, like, I think it would be harder for me to adjust. It accepts every culture, and every culture is intertwined, and everybody respects each other's culture. Um, but it's still, you know, I mean... I, that's the that's the thing I would say about New York. Like everybody, even if you've never hanged out with someone, I guess from I guess somebody's Italian, you're aware of their culture, you know about their culture, you understand what their culture is about. So that's one thing I like about New York. It's just like everyone it's it's a great place for everyone to adjust and build together. That's cool. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that stuff about that and parallels with London as well. Just having similar sort of feeling where everyone's just head down and getting getting on with stuff rather than like, relaxing too much. How how did you like adjust to that? Because you said you were young and have a podcast to listen to. You said you're young and and this must have been a bit of a shock to the system moving over to a busy city. It was like it was a good shock though. I was like, man, this is freaking awesome. Like, yeah, I was, I was like, oh my gosh, like I was kind of shell shocked. But it was, like, I wasn't afraid or anything like that. It was just a good, like, I was glad that I came here. I mean, I know right now it sometimes it seems kind of dark here or whatever. It's not that appealing or it just, but for me, especially in the 90s, like, coming to America, it it, all, it changed a lot for me. Jamaica, uh, New York, and Atlanta, what's your favorite place? Mm, See, so you're trying to get me in trouble. They all serve me for different things. Jamaica is kind of like home. That's, you know, it represents me. It's kind of who I am. You know what I mean? It helps me to appreciate the simple things in life. New York kind of taught me how to hustle, built my skin 
it, it, it made me a strong person. Like, if you could survive New York, you could have survived probably anywhere. It kind of, it, it taught me hustle. It taught me how to grind. It taught me, like, don't be too sensitive, you know, because, like, you, you will get rubbed the wrong way. You know what I mean? And one of the most important things, it taught me loyalty. Because, like, even though, you know, people may say sometimes people in New York are kind of, you know, hard or whatever thing. Once you break through that shell, once you break through a person's a New Yorker's shell, like, they'll be loyal to you forever. That's and cool. That's probably Georgia now. It just kind of, it's a place for me to kind of, because I guess it's so slow paced, it helped me to, you know, to kind of hone in on everything that I've learned in Jamaica. And kind of just gave me it. A, a testing ground. That's really nice. I really, I really like the way you describe those three things. And, I, and there's something I've been thinking about as well. I mean, I'm, I'm still fairly young. And I can't afford to move out. But when I when I eventually do, um, I don't really know where it would be. But what what's like your biggest tip for for moving as a young person to a new city? Speak, I'll just speak louder. Yeah, that'd be great. That's what I'll do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna wake my family up. But I don't wanna wake hey, your family up. I'm, I'm 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 the man of the house. So it's, <laughs> Oh, my wife killed me. <laughs> um, but yeah, say, say that again. Okay. <laughs> so when, when I'm older, I want to move to another city or another place uh, in the UK or, or somewhere. Maybe even maybe even New York because I've thought about it. But what's your biggest tip for moving as a young person and how have you made that transition? Be willing to kind of learn. Like focus more on learning. Because there was a time where we were still living in New York. We moved to a place that I never heard of. My mom's moved to be moved, you know, just usual moving. We moved to a place, I never heard of it, and I automatically hated it because we were moving somewhere that I didn't want to go because I was I was happy where I was at. I had friends, all that, and I hated it. Man, I gave my mom a hard time. I was, I was finding a problem with everything. She brought us to a church. I was like, this guy at this church talks like a hater he talks i was just i was just pissed off man <laughs> and she 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 took she used to travel back and forth just to make us happy like travel back to where we used to live at that was brooklyn new york and it, because we moved from brooklyn new york to mount vernon new york and you know i end up loving that place that place that did so much for and that same guy that i hated talk hate how he talked became a very powerful mentor to me like till this day like he yeah. changed my life he he believed in me when no one else did he sold into me he he poured a lot into me so i would tell someone if you're ever moving and you know you're, it's a new place go there as a sponge to learn um, try to see the bright side because the whole idea of oh it's new i don't like this place it's like kind of silly because you can't well, dislike something that you've never experienced That's so great, i would man. say kind of go there as a sponge go there to learn go there to experience something because i guarantee you some a great opportunity will come out of it that's a, that's, a, that's a great point. Um, how did you manage to make friends in a new city? How did I manage to make friends? All right, so one of my things was like to break the ice. I used to dance. So, yeah, it awesome. was, was good. weird. I didn't so, expect it. That's why I laughed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of like that's my way of kind of hacking into places because cool. like uh, I wasn't that dude to kind of like walk up to people. Like it would take me a little while. Um, 
you know, have a conversation here and there and, and eventually I'll become friends with people. But that kind of helped me to break the ice. Like one of my friends, they heard that I could dance and like everywhere we went, I always, everywhere I'm, I lived, I always had that friend that knew I could dance and they would always push me. And, you know, it would be, it, everyone would get the same reaction as you did. Like you don't see that. You caught that was you get caught off guard. It's like, oh my gosh, he could dance. That is crazy, and that kind of um, broke the ice. But um, I, I think that you just feel people out, man. And at the end of the day, like you just got to be able to just move on. If something, you know, you try to become friends with someone and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it's working out, just try not to take it personal. Just move on. You know, there's so much people out there. Not everyone. You're not gonna hit it off with. Everything. Yeah. You just gotta play it by ear. Be willing to put yourself out there. You know, which is hard, especially if you're a designer. Like most designers are introverts, so it's just like hard to put yourself out there. But I mean, if you don't put yourself out there, like you'll be missing out on meeting some awesome people. That's just how I, I look at it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have to, cause. I- that's, that's my biggest worry. When if I moved to another place, I wouldn't have any people to hang around with. I wouldn't know anyone. Uh, but like you say, you, you do build a connection um, with other designers or other. You go to groups and things, and you you chat to people randomly in the street, and you hit it off and, and make become friends. Yeah, that's the truth. And like with you, like I mean, with this podcast, like what I've learned is like like you're gonna talk to someone eventually. Like if you keep uh, this going, you're gonna have at least one person that you had on your podcast. You're probably going either. They're probably going to be either in a nearby city or in near where you actually move to, which is kind of cool. So I, I'll tell you a story. I had a funny, um, funny email uh, this week, and it's from a guy who lives in the same street as me, and he's a graphic designer. I looked up his work, and it's absolutely incredible. I didn't know there's any other graphic designers in the, in the city in the town I live in, let alone the same, same street. And it's <laughs> it's really it's awesome to find there's another really really talented designer in my, in my street and I can, some, someone I can learn off and have a chat with um, so I'm hopefully ho- waiting on his reply and hopefully we can meet up but I didn't yeah, I just didn't cool. expect it yeah that's cool and I don't live in a city I don't live in a I live in like a <laughs> small town and like 10,000 people and that's it <laughs> most of them are old <laughs> okay let's get on to uh, moving over from architecture to design so how how do you make the transition and uh, did you do architecture in, in New York? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. So, all right. So, um, I was, as I said, I studied architecture. I got a job at an engineering firm. We designed sprinkler systems for brands for some of the major locations on Fifth Avenue in New York. Some, some very prestigious places, like even like the Apple Store. Nice. And on, on Fifth Avenue, that famous glass Apple Store. Yeah, Fifth Avenue, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. The um the company I worked for did the sprinkler systems for there. So like we we were we got the opportunity to go into like some exclusive um hotels, exclusive places, and be like the first person there before it got built up. Right. So while I'm doing working at that place, I'm like on the side, like doing side projects. People hearing that I'm I'm designing, they'll hire me to do their business cards. And so I was just on the side, just practicing like all hours. Like I would get up early, um, go to work, get off of work. And after once I get off work, it was just grinding, just figuring this graphic design thing out, learning Photoshop. That was kind of my go-to. 
at the time it was Photoshop and Dreamweaver. Um, I'm not even sure if anyone uses Dreamweaver anymore, but uh, yeah, Photoshop and Dreamweaver, and that's what I would between using doing websites and designing just basically anything that anyone asks me to design. So that's how, and then if uh, it just kind of I just got better and got better clients, got better paying clients, and you know just kind of kept on with it. In 2015, um, I kind of took my design career because when I moved to Georgia, I need, I just needed a job. I, so I didn't get a job in like either the architectural or design field. And I've, and I've been at that place for eight years now, that same place. It's a big company, uh, a reputable company, but we deal with money. So there's a lot of security issues. So I don't really want to say who it is. Uh, I worked at that place and recently they hired me. Like they hired my studio to design Good. some stuff for the company, which was a big deal. Cause, um, to, you know, as we all know as designers to, to put a big brand that you on your portfolio or on your website that you designed for a, a nationally known or worldwide known brand. Yeah. It's a big deal. So, and you know, I've been at that company for a long time, and I've been trying to figure out ways how to hack into becoming a part of their creative. The opportunity came. I did it, and you know, it just seems like a whole bunch of doors are going to open from it. It was pretty cool. But in 2015, I kind of took my design career, put it on hyperdrive. Um, I started listening to podcasts, and so from 2006 to 2014, I was just, you know what I mean, just. It was good enough to be on the side. But in 2015, like, I ramped it up, went on a hyper spin, man. Like, I grew so much in all different arenas. And then in 2016, like, I just kept on pushing and pushing. And within those, what's that, three years, um, I grew 10 times more, probably more than 10 times more than from 2006 to 2014. I love it. And it's, and it's all because I changed, my whole mindset changed. And that's my exposure to different people, different arenas and stuff like that. So what, what, what did your mindset change to? Like how, what changed it? That I'm not a gun for hire. I create value. Really, I started listening to this podcast called Value-Based Pricing. Um, by, um, he's, the host is Kurt Bowman. And it has nothing to do with design. It's just basically talking about how to price on value. But for some reason, it sparked this interest in me. And I started like just going down this rabbit hole from listening to that podcast, hearing a guest he had named Mike Kim. He talked a lot about branding and uh, marketing and uh, I found I jumped from that podcast to to learn more about Mike Kim and just kept on going down this rabbit hole. I learned um, found out about a guy that his name is Sean West mm. and got involved in that community and I was just becoming a sponge and I, re I was realizing that you know what one as a designer you are value very valuable two you determine how valuable you are but at the same time like you have to make sure that you are creating value it, it was just such a, a, a eye opener that this exists you know what i mean because right now before that you're just like okay you get a client and you're basically just trying to trying to bargain back and forth to, to, to pricing wise and to because to, you want the project and and that's another thing i learned that like 
I don't have to take every project that comes, especially if it's something that is not benefiting me or my family. It was just about creating value and uh, pricing in that way, appreciating what I have to offer, but hearing a ton about my clients and taking on clients that mm-hmm. that care about what I'm doing and I care about them. So more so jumping, because usually if, if I could use a visual, usually the client is on one side of the table and you are on the other side. So this mindset change helped me to be able to put myself next to the client as a partner and we're there sitting and working out this this thing that i need to solve for them instead of being adversaries we became partners and that's that's probably the biggest mindset change and just um trying to create a life that is better for me and my family and realizing that you don't have to live a, a, a life that you don't want you know, I mean, there's so much of so much people out there just kind of just living a life that they don't want. And that's another thing that really my eyes were open to, like taking responsibility for your life. You actually create more opportunity in your life. That's, and that's, that's one of the main things that designers struggle with, finding clients that value design, especially sort of young designers starting out. Uh, how do you find clients that do value yourself? One of the things is that once you realize that you you have to be in a place where you you don't have to take every job that comes your way, because if it's in like a land of desperation, like you're kind of at a client's mercy. So you have to be in a place where not you don't have to take every single thing that comes your way. You have to think of every scenario that comes up possible, like taking responsibility for everything. So. Like, so for example, I don't believe in like a bad client. Um, I believe that once, if I cover every ground, like the client will be extremely informed and clear on everything that's going on. So once they are, it's like, there's no room for issues or or, or communication. And that's the designer's responsibility. Is your responsibility to walk this client through this process. Because most, most clients, most people um, never really experience, especially if it's someone that's starting a small business or something like that, have never experienced working with a designer. So it's your job to walk them through that process every step of the way to, to, to a, a clear line of communication. You know what I mean? And putting out stuff that you care about, putting out stuff that you want to do, putting out stuff that, um, that you're interested in. Because once... Um, someone sees that work it may be years later they're going to come back to you because they see you doing it and they see that you're the person that can solve that problem so it's a lot of communication yes and 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 just being upfront being clear mm-hmm. being um as uh, transparent as you possibly can because um in this day and age people choose any and everything as per who they know, like, and trust. It's not. It's not like the old days. People wanna, so they wanna know you. They wanna be aware of you. They wanna hear about you. They wanna get recommended by you because they're coming to you as the person that can solve the problem. So you already have the upper hand. You just gotta now be impressive when they come to you. That's uh, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about telling the story and, and showing that you're valuable rather than expecting people to sh- 
to believe that you are. So that's what, you put that in a fantastic way. I was, I was thinking as you're saying it, uh, that's going to be like a, a great one minute clip for like for promoting the show. Actually, made, it's made it a lot clearer to myself as well. So thanks for sharing that. Have you got any tips on teaching yourself graphic design? Practice, man. The, the main thing is learning. One thing I've learned is build yourself a network because that's one thing that I did that changed a lot for me because it's one thing to see a tutorial and you practice that tutorial and then you know you okay you know how to do that thing but there's also a way how the industry you know quote unquote look at things which is good and it's also bad because you know you can also be this this person that kind of thinks outside the box but i would say build yourself a network and this is even even good for people that went to school is build yourself a network of people that you can throw projects to like you're working on a project and you kind of put it out there and be like listen tell me what you think um yays or nays or what you think about it people that you are experienced people know that know what they're talking about and people that appreciate you people that uh, believe in you um that's a good thing to have a network of people that you could just say okay you're working on a project you finish the project before you um send it off to the client you pass it on to your network of friends and have them kind of give you some feedback on it good design is 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 collaborative design you know what i mean like uh, good design is, is 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 people coming together to to solve a problem so that's 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 one way and you just got to keep practicing man keep practicing keep practicing keep practicing like you see something that that that's popular out there a, a great design learn how they did that learn how um they put those images together learn how they created that logo learn how they they did that letter form like just practice 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 like hours upon hours of practice if that's at the end of the day that's all it that it really takes. It is, yeah, it's true. I, I, people say it a lot, but it just me. It just makes so much sense, and it's it's just it's just the truth. Um, so, how, how much has working for yourself taught yourself about sort of running a business and, and life and um, supporting your family? Because obviously, when, when you work at a full time job, it's they're looking after the money side of things. They're looking after the taxes and and bits and bobs. And how how's your how how is running your own stuff helps yourself understand that well the business side of it i mean there's it's a lot to take in i mean it's mm. not easy it can get very tough but uh, at the same time it's necessary uh what i've learned is that you gotta you gotta make money at the end of the day like we love design so much sometimes it's like we are cool to just work on a project without getting paid i would tell every designer out there um not that you shouldn't do stuff for free do it because you want to do it don't let don't ever let anyone dictate what you should do for free. You do. You, it's your choice. If you choose to do something for free, as, you, as long as it's your choice and that's what you want to do, I tell you, go for it. But it doesn't matter who it is, family member, church, whatever the case may be. It should be your choice. Don't, let, don't ever let anyone dictate what you do for free. Because if you're in business, you have to make money. Like, I know different people that have large followings and, you know what I mean? And they're legit not making any money. They're popular. Mm. Like, there has to be a balance. I do believe in creating a large following. Not just for now, but for 10 years down the road, that's going to be a deciding factor in, 
and a lot of things. But at the same time, I know people that have no following and they make a lot of money. You know what I mean? So you got to do the person who can create the balance of focus on growing a following and still make money. Those are the people that kind of are, are, are hitting it out the park. Those are the people that are doing some spectacular things. But in the business part, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you have to remember that you have to make money. You, you have to put yourself out there, figure out how you could create opportunities and build multiple revenue streams. Don't just use your client base work or client base revenue as the main thing. Figure out ways on how to build multiple revenue streams. So one way I did that, there was this somebody I listened to a long time ago podcast and, I, and they had like a webinar and I went on the webinar and said, um, build out a, a, a graph and it's, it has uh, build it with three columns. The column one, the first column is the skills that you have, all the skills that you, everything that you know how to do. So for example, me, I could dance, I can, I can sing, I can design, I can draw the various skills that you have and the services that you can create for these skills. And in the second column, put all the services that you could create for this skill. So for dancing, you could be an instructor, you could be a full-time dancer for someone. Um, singing, you could be an, also an instructor. You could um, an album, whatever, all the services that you can mm. give. And then on the third column, think of the products that you can create, physical or digital products that you can create. For designing, you know, you could make backgrounds, make um, textures, make um, fonts, physical products, shirts, whatever the case may be. Look at that as a way to figure out different different revenue streams that you can create with your skills because you don't want to just have one way of making money. You want to be able to diversify and, and have revenue coming from multiple different angles, not just trading your time for money. And the more you could do digital products, the better off you can be because inventory can be a monster. Like when you do physical products, inventory can be a monster. Now, if you if you have a decent amount of following and literally can move products with no problem, that's that's great. You know what I mean? But inventory can be um, a daunting task. And if you're someone that wants to travel a lot, you'd either have to hire people or yeah. not travel if you're doing inventory. So digital products for me kind of it it it. it it seems like a good thing for me because I want to travel a lot. Like as a family, we want to do ton of tons of traveling. So, with the digital product, it doesn't require me to physically be there or do anything. You know what I mean? So, as I said, just do your best to build up multiple revenue streams, different ways on how to bring funds in through the process. All these different things, they're going to have low points. So, you want to have some other way of finances coming in. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, doing. Yeah. I'm going to do the the chart. After this podcast, I'm gonna do it straight away. That's that's really awesome. I, I don't I haven't heard that before, so that's, that's a fantastic bit of advice, and people should do it if they're listening. Uh, okay, the last three questions. I think you already answered two on the on the um, on the little interview we did at Creative South, but I want to see if you answered anything different. So the first one, what's your biggest tip for creatives? All right. So uh, on the the interview we did, I said give more than you ask. Yeah. Um. Another tip is like freaking take responsibility and this is like a a mental thing that i do 
Now, does it mean that everything is your fault? No. If you take responsibility for things, the more you take responsibility, the more opportunity you will get. I guarantee it. So say, for example, if you're married and your marriage is not doing that great, like take it upon yourself to do what the heck ever it takes to fix it. Like take that responsibility on. You're not spending enough time with your kids. If you have kids, take the responsibility. You don't like your day job. Don't spend time complaining about it. Figure out a way to get the heck out. Just take, just go, and everything that you have an issue with in your life, take responsibility. Take it upon yourself to figure it out. You know what I mean? You're not getting enough projects. Like, do something crazy. The other day, I loved this show on ESPN so much that I made, like, a logo for it for the for fun of it. <laughs> the dude on the show, he actually responded to it on Twitter. And it was freaking crazy. That was insane. And I kept on going down this rabbit hole. I'm going to have a creative director from ESPN on my podcast. And my work was passed on to someone in ESPN that I have no idea who. <laughs> now, so now somebody may say that like, you don't know what's going to happen from it, but you also I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity. So. Absolutely. If I didn't take the responsibility, and that is that the work, uh, the K's work on your website. Yeah, yeah. the K's, the K's work is the one that is gonna be is passed on to someone. Sweet. What is your best purchase under hundred dollars? Right. So the backpack was one. I would say this tripod that my phone is on right now is another one. This thing has been a godsend. So this tripod, I can't show it, unfortunately, but it's it's an X series. Uh, I picked it up in Walmart. Uh, finally, how do you want to be remembered? More importantly, how I want to re- be remembered, it, it has a lot to do with my kids. Like, uh, I want to make sure that like, at the end of the day, they, they said it. my dad was super fearless. Like His desire was to conquer fear and defeat regret. Um, I just want to be remembered that someone that represented those two things. Like I wasn't afraid. I didn't let fear stop me because I am afraid. I do have fear but i just do it anyways so i want to you know i want to leave that kind of legacy behind someone that defied every possible odds that was set against him no matter what it whatever that odds is it could be you know whatever the odds is i just want to be remembered as someone that desired to just defy every odds more importantly for my kids i want them to be able to say that i love that yeah Finally, where can people find you? Say hello, listen to your podcast. What's it called? Uh, what, what's it about? And um, yeah, plug yourself a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing designers struggle with talking about themselves. <laughs> um, right, so uh, yeah, I'm a designer. So my studio is um, dpcreates.com. So you can go there and see everything that's going on with me design wise. Um, and that's my handle for everything. DP creates my podcast is passion behind the art, which has, I did not know what I was getting into and I'm glad I got into it. Like it's blown up so much. And I, that's to all the people that supported everyone who's ever listened. It's called passion behind the art. And you go to passionbehindtheart.com to learn everything about the podcast and the handle. I think it's um, the initials PBTA podcast everywhere. 
Um, so once you type in passion behind the art, you can just Google it and but it's passionbehindtheart.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks very much for being on the podcast. Oh, dude. Um, like, this is kind of weird to be on the other hand, <laughs> but um, I really appreciate it. Like, I know what all that goes into this. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time out to have me on your show. I hope I brought some value. 100%. So much. So much. Show, your show, bro. Um, but thanks again. I really appreciate it, man. No worries. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some value out of it. I hope you learned something. If you did, don't forget to like, share with a friend, and leave a review as well. If you made it all the way to the end, I would like to give you a special prize. Send me an email, hello at bluedeardesign.co.uk, and if you're the first person, you'll win a book. If you're the second, third, fourth, fifth, and so on person, you might win a special prize from the Blue Deer Design stash. It's Blue Deer Design giveaway, a um, little package thing. Uh, send me an email send me an email hello at bluedesign.co.uk thanks very much subscribe and I'll see you in the next episode